It's the last day to get your tickets for the Sydney edition of our 2024 Media and Marketing Predictions event. Compass is being held tomorrow night, that's Tuesday, at the Art House Hotel, and we'd love you to join us. Head to events.humanitics.com forward slash host forward slash unmade to secure the tickets today. And if that's a bit of a mouthful, just go to any recent post on Unmade and you'll find the link. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, Seven enters the radio war. Google made a secret plan to cut off Australia from search. And Michelle Rowland's cosy lunch with the betting companies. Unmade. It's Monday, November 13th. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. Now, I seem to remember that Garfield, do you remember I don't like Mondays? He always <laughs> felt that Monday the 13th was even worse than Friday the 13th. So hopefully that's not the case, and hopefully you had a good weekend. I did have a good weekend. It was a beautiful weekend where I'm in Tasmania. The sun was out, the spring sunshine, so into the garden for me and hanging with the kids and trying to get a bit of physical activity and away from screens, which is always, as every parent would know, one of the hardest battles. So it was a beautiful weekend. How was your weekend, Tim? Mate, mine was mine was good. It was it, it involved some travelling, so um, I'm afraid I spent too much time on my screens during the travelling. Whereas, I think uh, this is the third week in the row I'm in a different location, so I've made it all the way to Sydney now. I arrived early on Saturday morning, so um, I, I arrived. I was able to drop my bags off at the hotel, but they weren't quite ready with my room, so I headed off to. Uh, the cinema to see Killers of the Flower Moon. So I can only apologise to the two other people who are in the cinema for there were a couple of moments where I woke myself up with my snoring. <laughs> so um, it probably wasn't the optimal cinema viewing experience for the other people. Speaking of movies, before we get started, I was reading uh, about Elon Musk's uh, books being op- the, the biography from Walter Isaacson's been optioned for a movie and who will play Elon? Tim, I did think of you. I wondered whether you they'd tapped you for the lead role. <laughs> Do you know, the, the, the two I get accused of are, and I've, I've had both of these in late night drunken taxi queues from random strangers, are either Quentin Tarantino, and I don't get that one so much, and Jack Black, which I haven't had for a while, but I got it again um, when I was travelling this weekend. So, um, But no, Elon, that would be a horrible fate, I think. Let's start with some breaking news as we get serious. Over the weekend, Seven bought 20% of ARN Media. What is going on? Yeah, this one is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? So uh, this one broken in the Australian Financial Review last night. Um, yeah, so uh, Seven quite quite in- entitled to invest in, in um, ARN, anything up to 20% and they don't need to make a takeover bid and they've come in just under 20%. Because Seven doesn't already own any radio networks, what radio they did used to own, they sold to Southern Cross or Stereo a few years back now. Um, so they have inserted themselves into this battle which is already going on where ARN is trying to to, to buy SCA as a sort of um, uh, plan to kind of 
break it up and take the best bits and give away some of its less good bits. So this adds a whole new twist to the, you know, already kind of complicated mergers and acquisition battleground. I think you missed a bit of a chance in Best of the Week on Saturday. You did speculate that Seven was gearing up for some M&A activity. What made you say that? Yeah, I I did. And I, I must admit, the thing, the thing that triggered me was um, to think about it was um, Seven's AGM um, during the week, which one of the kind of things they updated was that they had um, refinanced again. It's only about a year since they last refinanced. So they, they've, they've now rolled out their loans to four years rather than three. But one of the kind of intriguing things to it was that um, they had, although they paid down their debt to something like um, quarter of a billion dollars, $249 million. Um, they had kept a credit line of $525 million. So to me, that looked like they had this war chest of $250 million, which I was trying to work out what they were going to do. Now, one of the things I'd been thinking about, you know, because someone had pointed me in that direction, was, and this could still be on the cards as well, was the possibility of buying Southern Cross Osterio's Tasmanian operation because that um, in television represents both 10 and 7 in Tasmania. So it's the is the largest part of the kind of seven network that they don't own already. So that one made that 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 one made sense and potentially with ARN's sort of potential takeover of SCA that part of the breakup could make it available. So so that was the logic I was thinking about. But the one thing I, wow, I really wish I'd put a paragraph in was just speculating on, or could Seven try and insert itself directly into the battle, which I, I think I would have guessed would have been investing in SCA, not ARN. But, uh, but there you go, a very interesting move indeed. And uh, I guess the, the funny thing is... Um, it means that um, we're now going to get seven buying a company that do- or buying a, a stake in a company that does pay dividends to its shareholders um, when seven currently doesn't itself. This is crystal ball stuff, Tim. If only you, you'd had one. But there are so many companies involved now. Perhaps you could kind of summarise who's involved and what's going on. It's ridiculously complicated. ARN wants to buy Southern Cross Osterio. They've teamed up with Anchorage Capital Partners to do that. SCA is the main regional TV affiliate for the 10 network, which is owned by Paramount. Meanwhile, ARN already owns nearly 15% of SCA and News Corp already owns nearly 15% of ARN. Now, Seven West Media has bought 20% of ARN. Then there's Anthony Catalano, owner of Australian Community Media. He's in bed with Seven already in real estate platform View, and he wants to sell his newspapers to SCA. In short, everybody is sleeping with everybody. There's a movie plot right there, but speaking of Catalano, how is ACM going? Yeah, look, we were referring to the AFR a lot today. Like they, they really have led the news agenda on media and marketing today. Um, there's, uh, there, there, there's another um, piece in the AFR where they have got um, details that were filed with ASIC over the weekend by uh, Anthony Catalano and Alex Wastelist, who, 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 who are the two kind of 
proprietors of ACM, which, um, and you kind of think, okay, if they've got it that quickly, they were clearly nudged in the right direction. So the ACM's parent company is called 20 Cash Use Proprietary Limited, which is an anagram. I can't remember what it is. I've written about it before, but um, uh, I'll have to go back and remind myself what the anagram is, but that can be today's quiz. Um, now, they filed their, their annual results which showed that they made a profit of $12 million in uh, the 12 months through to the start of July. Now, for me, if they want to get 20% of SCA in order for swapping their news, newspapers in, that dilutes potentially SCA's profits even more. So to me, that's a really unattractive number for SCA shareholders, unless I'm missing something. Next, Google's big threat. Unmade. There's another huge story in the AFR today, Tim. It's all happening. Google made serious plans to cut off Australia from using its search. When did all this happen? Yeah, once again, this is a Sam Buckingham Jones byline. Um, yeah, he's kind of really bossing the uh, the agenda today. So this is one that actually emerged out of the US. So, um, you know, I think a few different people are, are picking up on this one. I've since seen reports elsewhere as well. So um, the Justice Department in the US, which is doing this big antitrust lawsuit against Google, which has been going on for weeks now, um, uh, some of their discovery has discovered this series of internal emails at Google that um, were um, discussing their plans to effectively switch off search in Australia. Now, this was all going on in late 2020 when the news media bargaining code law was being passed. And you might remember that kind of early in 2021, Facebook unfriended Australia for a while, switched off the ability to share news articles. And at the time, it felt as if Google were taking a more moderate course. They they were the ones who actually negotiated with the publishers and came to settlements. Um, so this has been a surprise that they were gearing up so much to actually switch Australia off, um, which, um, which, you know, really, uh, really did surprise me when I read this. Um, just imagine if that happened. I mean, we thought with Optus failing for a day last week, you know, the country was in uproar. But people not being able to use Google and search, that was just huge. Imagine having to use Bing. It would be like going back to the dark ages. <laughs> but do you think this is just an active or would have been an active retribution? I think it would have been seen that way. If you remember how the PR battle played out for Facebook at the time, it really made them seem like bullies and quite petty and it would have been even more for google there would have been so much politics involved in it that it you know it really could have played out quite quite badly for them in the kind of um uh, perception side of things so i'm i'm i guess i'm I'm not surprised that they didn't pull the trigger in the end so does does that change what we're expecting uh, for google to renew its current news contracts yeah, that's the absolutely key question. So, as I say, in the end, you know, Google did come to the table um, in the same way that Facebook did as well. In in 
effectively doing deals with all of the big publishers to kind of license their content in various ways, which meant that they then avoided being designated under the news media bargaining code. And the expectation up to now, certainly amongst the publishers, is the sort of engagement they're seeing so far with Google is that um, when its arrangements come to an end, and most of them seem to be a four-year arrangement, um, that they would probably go again and renew. Now, equally the expectation for Facebook and Meta, which was on three years arrangement, so they're beginning to come to an end quite soon, was they probably wouldn't. And they seem to have sort of moved away from, you know, news sharing in their streams, etc. So it really does raise the question, particularly if Google sort of does something similar in Canada, which is a possibility maybe publishers shouldn't be just taking it for granted that Google will renew. It could still be in play. Up next, a busy week in media ahead. Unmade. Tim, there's a lot coming up this week. Let's start with radio ratings. Can you believe it? We're on to Survey 7 already which feels like we're getting towards the end of the year so um that drops on uh, thursday so for people who sort of forget how the radio system works there are eight surveys a year um for metro australia so the five capital cities um which is sort of based on people keeping their keeping their diaries whether on paper or electronic and uh you know we're, we're really beginning to get sort of the pictures for the year um one thing I think people will be looking at with particular interest was it was reported over the weekend that um, in Sydney, 2GB is about to drop Deb Knight from her afternoon slot um, on, on the grounds that she's not rating as well as they would like. So everybody will be looking out for that number, I think. And the latest podcast to rank this week as well? Yes, that's right. The planets, the audio planets don't often align where the podcast ranker and the radio ratings both drop in the same week because they they follow different cycles. Um, The podcast ranker comes out once a month, sort of mid-month. So yeah, this Wednesday the 15th is the day for the ranker. I've said this before and more than once, but we are expecting this will be the last ranker without the ABC numbers in it. Um, they, they, They... they have indicated once again that they're ready to share their numbers. So um, in theory, they should be sharing them already with Triton, who, who who do the podcast ranker, so that in December we get their numbers. So this might well be the last month where either Southern Cross or Stereo or um, ARN Media are a top publisher on the podcast ranker. So, uh, Do you know what the ABC have been reluctant to share their numbers until now? Look, the, the, the thing they always say is that the reason is technical. And I sort of understand that because if you're not commercial, which they're not, they they probably don't prioritise making their systems work in the same way. So I think there have genuinely been some technical hurdles to overcome. But where they've lost a whole bunch of credibility is they've announced that they'll join it so many times. You know, right from the start of the ranker, they said they'd be on. Then back in, I think it was March, when the IAB had their joint audio summit with um, CRA, Commercial Radio Australia. Commercial Radio and Audio, Tim. Yes, that's right. They've changed their name now, haven't they? Yes, good correction there. Thank you. It's going to take me some time to get used to that. Uh, It's been a year already and I've been struggling. But yes, commercial radio and audio, um, they they had at that event and 
made the promise then that they were joining and it felt like any day now and as i say that was i think march maybe february and there have been a number of times since they've indicated they're nearly ready so i'm not absolutely banking on 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 us seeing those numbers in a month's time but um but they say they'll get there as you know i've read the elon musk biography and i think every year he's promised self-driving autonomous car this year's the year for the last 10 years (laughs) it sounds a little bit like that but also the summer film fronts what's happening with those yeah, that's uh, that's in, in in the diary this week as well. So Val Morgan, who are, are the major company representing kind of the ads you see on on, on the screen when you're in the cinema, um, they're doing their kind of summer film front. So it's their version of the upfronts where uh, on Thursday they'll be kind of talking the industry through what's coming up because of course. Um, you know the type of movie does does tend to influence um then the kind of demographic profile of who'll come along you know which which if you're an advertiser and you want to plan ahead then you you kind of want that information so um so whether it's i'm I'm thinking it's probably not a full upfront in that it's very much about scheduled content but um but you know everyone else does an upfront so a cinema should do one too Next, Michelle Rowland's lunch with the gambling lobby. Unmade. And back to the AFR again. News this morning suggesting Communications Minister Michelle Rowland had a lavish lunch with the gambling lobby. Yes, that's right. And I love the way they've kind of written the intro as well. Gambling executives hosted Communications Minister Michelle Rowland at a lavish lunch on her birthday last year in the private dining room of one of Melbourne's best restaurants. So this organisation was Responsible Wagering Australia, which is is funded by all of the gambling companies. And this is the bit where, you know, you get those gamble responsibly and the, the newer messages at the end so the the lunch was labeled a policy briefing um but you know when when there's such public disquiet about the amount of gambling that's going on tv it's just such a bad look to be doing this sort of um private thing now there are plenty of rules um in place and you know none of those were broken um and the AFR goes out of its way to, um, uh, to 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 make that point, and they include a quote: "The minister complies with all relevant guidelines for declarations and travel." And then there's that line: "The Australian Financial Review is not suggesting otherwise," which is fine. Although I do remember once going to a literary festival where uh, Kate McClymont, the um, Sydney Morning Herald's investigative reporter, once said on stage, "If ever you see a line in a newspaper that says this newspaper does not suggest that." What it means is this newspaper does suggest it, but for legal reasons, it can't say that. So um, so I, I, I always read that line slightly differently when I see it now. But um, but yeah, you know, Michelle Rowland, she's the minister really responsible for um, uh, overseeing this kind of forthcoming change for the law. And it it does just think feel like um, she is certainly feels a very close to that gambling lobby um and it it's also worth mentioning um last time i looked stephen conroy one of her pre labor predecessors as a communications minister was boss of that organization as well so um it all just feels a bit too too cozy really has this been done before though is this the first time that uh, one of the ministers has benefited from the gambling lobby's hospitality 
Hey, look, that's a very good question because it absolutely happens all the time. You know, you get these special interest groups, find ways of finding access to ministers through lunches, dinners, uh, hosting at sporting events, all of those things. You know, and that's almost, you know, I suppose it reminds me a bit of the whole Qantas thing with the, all the politicians getting access to the chairman's lounge. It's just, it's all stuff that the public, if they really understood what was going on, mm. would just think this is crazy. But because it's been the norm for so far, politicians have got used to doing it and usually not many questions get asked. Well, that's it for today. A huge day and week in media news. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And we'll be back tomorrow with Choose Data, looking at the latest rulings from Ad Standards. Don't forget, if you'd like to get tickets to tomorrow's Compass in Sydney, uh, you can get tickets at events.humanitics.com slash host slash unmade. There are a few last minute ones available. And if you want to support Unmade more generally, become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.